that was one of my best moments where I felt okay these these people like me <laughs> and I'm still proud that uh, you know they approve um, because Indian Indians are very critical of Indian food it's uh, the toughest crowd to to you know <laughs> they're just like nah my mom makes this better this is no good but uh, if they like it they're like Whew. this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep One of the stunning things about the culinary landscape in Australia is the depth and breadth of cuisines that can be enjoyed. So many cuisines and cultures have built a solid foundation to add vibrancy and colour and allowing them to not only showcase ancient techniques, but also explore and evolve recipes, exploring local produce and share it with everyone too. Heli Brochura is the chef and owner of Enter Via Laundry in Melbourne. Heli, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you guys? Uh, good. Uh, you've made the move to a new venue this year. What, what's it been like in the in the new site? It is a very beautiful venue and um, um, at least I feel it's a very beautiful venue. And uh, for me and my husband, it's our third child. It has been a... <laughs> It has been an amazing journey, um, ups and downs, but um, but we're uh, we're really enjoying um, being new business owners and learning new things. Tell us a little bit about Enter Via Laundry. Um, I started Enter Via Laundry in 2018, and um, that was really a little side hustle, um, a passionate side hustle where I was working in corporates, but at um, on weekends I invited guests over to have. Um, dinner on a supper, um, like a supper club kind of a concept. Um, it was more about food than socializing. Um, it was more for friends and family, though it evolved and um, word got around and then we were just inviting everyone that was interested. Um, and I guess uh, it just kept um, evolving organically and people wanted more from what we were doing. So I just kept cooking and um, uh, kept evolving and we did some pop-ups um, during the turbulent times of COVID and lockdowns. And then eventually we thought, well, now is the time that we have our own space. And we had grown out of the house. Um, and so <laughs> um, <clears throat> we wanted more a permanent spot. We still felt like home. And it really is very much um, designed and um, felt and is we behaved like home. Um, and then, and then we opened into our laundry Carlton. Tell us a little bit about what you started cooking, the sort of dishes that you were making when you first started with the, with this idea. I was fresh out of a couple of restaurants, so I went to Gagan in two thousand and seventeen for um, for staging, and um, and then I went to Lume under Sean Quay for so for some time, and um, and so I was surrounded by a lot of um, Gagan at the time had a lot of. Uh, um, molecular gastronomy as well as um, heavy influence of uh, of Japanese cuisine, a lot of Japanese and Korean chefs in the kitchen and Lume had a lot of natives so um, when I started cooking I still had that um, um, that chefy aura around me <laughs> so I started making puff pastries and I made dumplings from the carotene out of carrots and long processes of uh, of things and several different components to each dish um it wasn't always indian um there were a couple of dishes that were indian but not always not all the time um so it would typically be about six to seven dishes um 
um, that we cooked on the day. Um, dumplings and then puff pastries with some beautiful fresh uh, uh, whatever mushrooms were in season then um, and then there was kanvi that I made after a few months of opening <clears throat> which was very much um, a very regional Indian dish um, and then I got really good response um, for that particular dish because it was not enjoyed before um, by many of the guests that came over and I think that's when I pivoted to um, 100% Indian cuisine. And then I think my journey of exploring <clears throat> my own cuisine started then. Obviously, you just take granted of, you know, I took, took it for granted that I knew Indian cuisine well enough because I'm Indian. I was born there. I've spent my majority of lifetime there. But there is so much that I think I'd spend my entire life and I wouldn't understand so many things. Take us on a bit of that journey when you started to explore uh, Indian cuisine. What were some of the things that really stood out for you over the last couple of years that, that you've learnt and, and, and cook? I found out that the Indian cuisine's core is, is just so, um, so sustainable. It is very seasonal. Everything is um, designed in a way um, that is to be eaten. Um, so say, for example, um, certain foods are prescribed to certain age groups, or um, say, um, say pregnant women or women who are who have just given birth, or or men who are working in the farms will eat a bit of a different diet as compared to someone who's um, just doing um, office work. And so, this was ancient. Ancient times, I don't think any many follow that now. But they, the food was um, more at, back in time was more medicine, and it was a real source of nourishment rather than just enjoyment. That was one thing that just really fascinated me about um, about the cuisine that it was taken really seriously. Um, the The processes in which the food was um, uh, cooked. So, say for example, the the grains were always crushed instead of um, really um, grinding them into fine powder to retain its nutrition. <clears throat> um, and um, just um, I think seasonality it, it was just a common sense. It wasn't even a thing that people mentioned that tomatoes would not be eaten in winters and eggplants back home are more like a winter vegetable. It would not be eaten in some other times. Um, so that freshness was always there, and uh, spices uh, are used in a very different um, ma- manner in I- every different region. <clears throat> um, someone might put it in oil, while some would actually put it in the end product. So Kashmir uses its whole spices just thrown into the to the to the preparation instead of tempering it in oil. While majority of the rest of the states, they temper it in oil. So there is no one set formula. And then there is so much <clears throat> minute details when it comes to um, the science behind it, the philosophy behind it, the sustainability behind it, and the, the taste behind it. It just wasn't just good, good tasting food. So much more. I want to explore what you're doing uh, at Enter Via Laundry, but take us back uh, to India. Where did you grow up and what sort of role did food play for you? I grew up in Ahmedabad, which is in um, <clears throat> west side of India, in Gujarat. Um, 
predominantly a vegetarian state. Um, so I grew up in a vegetarian family, though um, food was um, food was very important to us. So my grandma and and even even my entire family and myself we follow a certain religion in which you offer um, offer food to gods um, every every single day, <clears throat> and sweets is something that is, sits at the center of. Um, offerings. So I grew up in a household where my grandma used to make this fresh, beautiful uh, mitais, um which we call prasad. And she had um, she had so much finesse in the way she cooked all these beautiful pastries and other things, mitais that she did, um, and the ingredients that she sourced. Then the 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 obsession that she had for it was something that um, I think I've got that now. <laughs> Um, where, you know, there's just no way that you could, um, not use a particular ingredient or have a substitute of it or have, uh, or just let go if it's not best. Um, so I think, um, that's something that, um, I had always seen, um, in our, in growing up. Also, Savory's may, made a major role, but also, um, having the best of the season like mangoes or the best of the lychees or um, or just amazing produce was just uh, or making pickles in summers or making like little buddies which was dried on the rooftop or dehydrating vegetables those things were those things were common and everything was done from scratch, like she used to go, my mom used to go out and pick um, which turmeric she would actually um, use for the for the year, and they would pick the varieties. Everything was single origin. Now it's now here, single origin is a buzzword. But back home, everything is single origin. You actually go and not mix, not buy a packet of chili powder from anywhere. You would actually go and um, get it grinded by your trusted supplier, and then preserve it for the year um so for me growing after coming here i just i was grown up i grew up with that so after coming here when when people were talking about these things i was like well that that's amazing and and, and so amazing that we've been already doing this for ages it's just i don't think indians are really well good at marketing things that they do well so <laughs> but um you know they're not good at packaging it in a way that sells but they're doing it already what led to the move to Australia for you? I came here to study. Um, uh, my mum and dad wanted me to, um, you know, uh, try and make a life off of my own and not not stay in, in the house. So they said, well, you just uh, go out of the house, make something out of yourself. Um, and then, funny enough, I was very much into cricket then. And um, Brett Lee was my favourite cricketer at the time. I was like... <laughs> You know what? I was super immature. I was what? I was really young. I was twenty, and I was like, "Well, Australia seems nice. At least I can watch a couple of cricket matches, um, or maybe I can spot Brett Lee, which I still haven't." Um, so yeah, we. Um, I got here to study um, business, and I'd studied human resources, and I studied um, international business here, but um, eventually fell into this. <laughs> What did you think of uh, Indian cuisine in in Australia when you first came here? Um, <laughs> it's uh, 
it's there. There are some really good restaurants at, at the time. There was some really good places. There was a place called Guju Cafe. Um, being Gujarati, obviously, I wanted to have some Gujarati food here, and that was a very nice cafe. I still, I think, it's still around, and had beautiful, authentic um, Gujarati dishes and everything. But I, th- I thought I, I felt the good dishes were cooked by. Um, all the aunties and mums who had this little canteens going on, or even now canteens going on that they're running from home in the west of uh, Melbourne, you'll find so many of those uh, amazing home cooks smashing out this beautiful parathas and chapatis and rotis and best sabjis and, and putting it in a tough tiffin and just feeding everyone. And that was really good food and it's still really amazing food. Um, and that is real Indian food. Though the restaurants, I'm not sure if it is um, it is Indian Indian. It is more um, restaurant food that um, that does exist in India. Um, and it's more Punjabi food. I think everyone knows now that what we eat out is more Punjabi food than than Indian cuisine. Um, and even in, in Punjab in India, people don't eat that. It's, uh, it's, it's the dhaba style, restaurant style food, which, which to Indians, it's a once in a while occasion thing they're happy with, but majority of the times they want to eat that amazing parathas made by an auntie. We'd probably, we'd probably need an eight part series to really explore or how different the food is across India. But could you give us a sort of an example of, of the breadth and depth of it? It's, um, it's really varied in the sense for someone who's not Indian, it may not look different um, because there is spice in almost majority of things. Um, um, but, but there are this dramatic differences for someone who is actually studying it or is living in India. So the South is very heavy on fermentation and rice, while North is heavy on pres- preserving meats, the, the cooler climates. Um, in the Bengal side or the coastal sides are beautifully heavy with amazing seafood and coconuts and things like that. But there is, um, but there you'll find this amazing uh, interplay of history. For example, in Bengal, there is a massive use of mustard oil, though Bengal does not produce any mustard. It all comes from Punjab. So there is this um, these stories and layers that have, of history that kind of o- overlaps um, it, all the cuisines and, and, and its evolution. There's some states where are super vegetarian, some states which eat a lot of meat. And then there are regions like Rajasthan, there's no vegetables there because it's a desert. So um, the cuisine there is dramatically different as well. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Enter Via Laundry. How do, how do you, um, what's your approach with the food and, and what are you doing at the moment? At the moment, we are doing a Kashmiri menu, but um, every few months we change the menu according to the season and, and and kind of pick a region that is more representative of the produce available. So Kashmir, for example, now that we're doing um, has very similar produce that we find in um, so the spring in Victoria, similar to Kashmir, where you find morels, kohlrabis, beautiful greens, um, peas. Uh, stone fruit is also very heavy in Kashmir, which we wouldn't find right now, just be a more summer thing. But um, apples um, and those things. So we um, 
and hence we're picking this region in summer um we'll do something else we'll probably do uh, goa or maybe do uh, maybe south of india kerala um and, and so we're exploring this regions and not only bringing just the food but the the way that food is um eaten the the the, the traditions behind it or the ritual behind it so for example in kashmir there is a uh you wash your hands first you know that is uh, wash hands with like a copper um um jug that you you pour your water and wash your hands so we imported that from kashmir and then there is a trami and sar pros in which um people share the food in so our diners are forced <laughs> really to share the plate between each other and no one has complained so far everyone has um shared the plate and majority of our guests eat with hands and it's um it's beautiful to see how uh, melbourne is just, you know uh, accepting all these different um <laughs> cultural things that i'm throwing at them um uh and yeah so i think we're trying to capture the region's culture as well as the food and uh making sure that seasonality is is the basis of it and there's always some native produce because they're just they're just beautiful so um they always make a make a guest entrance like a star entrance in our cuisine do do you find that you need to strike a balance between traditions and and evolution given that it's in a in a restaurant setting um which which as you mentioned isn't sort of as normal in India yes that that's a very good question so sometime when i started i really had uh plating is not a thing in india to be honest like our food is not is uh, because it's not where you know the carrots are you know yeah, done differently or you know then the then the sauce goes differently and then the protein goes differently it's all always cooked together 90% of dishes you know um and so or mains at least so for for me it was at the beginning was frustrating to be plating all these dishes um to make it look nice but then people want food that looks nice as well i do understand that so now i've struck struck a balance where first three um groups of snacks they go out they are pretty looking ones but then i and i make it clear with my guests that you know i'm going to give you pretty looking dishes at the beginning but when it comes to the main event i am not going to make it look anything other than what it should look like so i'm not going to put the sauce on afterwards or you know get you a little jug so that you can pour it over it's it's not the way we eat it so it is going to be a pile of rice with uh, different uh, you know different dishes on it and that's how it's eaten so and they're happy they're happy about it they're like okay that's a good trade off and we'll, we'll be okay with that so i kind of somehow managed <laughs> managed that <laughs> what surprised you about uh running a restaurant um look there is uh there is a lot about cooking but uh there's so many other things than cooking that you have to do when you're running a restaurant and um um the amount of time that you spend on making cooking happen is enormous um or the amount of time that i used to spend before where i could sit and dream about a dish um i don't think i'm as privileged now to do so because obviously there are so many um so many challenges especially now with uh um 
with hospitality just struggling with so many different uh different curveballs thrown at it um it's um but i think just just the logistics of things or sometimes equipment or systems or people um and uh how people are feeling <laughs> that's the other thing um and i thought look i've left my hr job and i'm so happy that i wouldn't have to deal about all these things at, at all <laughs> but i'm back into it and i'm like oh my god um i wish i could just you know stay in the kitchen and cook and not worry about anything else but that doesn't happen in real world um that's what i realized but has has that background that you've had bringing into the industry has that, has that been helpful as an owner not really i think um <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so i mean i have been i have been lucky that the last place that i worked was a small business and um i learned a lot of how they ran the business and um what aspects they gave importance to or how agile they were um and that has really helped and i'm still in touch with the bosses that i used to work with and um that works really well but in sense of um uh, so sense of other things i think the demographics of um corporates as compared to the demographics of hospitality different uh, people are very different like really different it's just um some things that are common sense in corporate is not common sense in hospitality things that are common sense in hospitality is not in corporate so i think it's for me when i came in it was a different world um 10 years in corporate um was really good for corporate experience not for hospitality uh one of the things you've been involved with uh, recently is india unplated how, how did that come about um i so i think they were looking for someone um along with adam de silva to co-host and uh Gary um gave my name put in the word I guess so and uh <laughs> and um I think that's how it came about um and it was really exciting it was very it was good fun to to shoot that and um yeah it was very quick I couldn't believe that you know such big recipes were just done so amazingly but um um yeah that was a fun one take us into that world for a little while what, what was it what was it like um it is very different than actual um cooking in the restaurant so <laughs> it was uh it was um you have to work with um with the camera and um the way you hold things is different as um as you would hold in a normal kitchen or um um things had to be simple enough so that people could actually make it um rather than you know showcasing your um uh, techniques and doing flashy things it was more about people being able to replicate it and enjoy it at home um and it took so much teamwork and so much work to have even 5 minutes of uh, beautiful footage so it is it was amazing that the amount of work that goes into making something that you see in the tv for 5 minutes is so much that you take it for granted when you're watching it but when you are actually doing it behind the scene you know it like it takes so much and i have so much respect for everyone who's you know holding those heavy cameras or holding that microphone or recording it after and editing after it was so yeah 
Well, you're doing something quite special there in Melbourne uh, with Indian cuisine. What's the response been like with with those with an Indian heritage? Um, I've I've heard um, a lot of a lot of my um, elders just giving lots of blessings, which is uh, which is what I cherish the most. And um, I felt really really good when. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of uh, Indian friends and Indian community um, leaders and everyone who's very excited that we're doing this. Um, but I felt the best when this one day there was a, a mom, dad and their, um, their, uh, their daughter that they came over to celebrate um, mom's birthday um, at Entival Laundry. And, and the mom was wearing this beautiful sari and uh, she came over and then the daughter was telling how she said, if you were going out anywhere in Melbourne and you could, if you wanted to wear sari, this is the place that you would dress up in a sari. And that, and then they came in, they enjoyed the food, eating with hands, and they were like, oh, you know, this is the best experience we've had so far. And this is what the Indian food should be and that we were so proud. And I think that moment was very emotional for me because, um, of course, food is everything that I'm doing right now, but also... I love to um, love to share my culture and heritage and um, be proud of what we are and not change so to make ourselves acceptable by someone. Um, and when I saw that family who came in comfortably, very comfortably to this to my house, ate and felt at home, they dressed the way they wanted and they ate the way they wanted and um, I felt I have achieved something. So um, that was one of my best moments where I felt, okay, these, these people like me <laughs> and I'm so proud that, uh, you know, they approve. Um, because Indian, Indians are very critical of Indian food. It's uh, the toughest crowd to, to you know, <laughs> they're just like, nah, my mom makes this better. This is no good. But uh, if they like it, they're like, whew, they like it. <laughs> what sort of impact has this career change into hospitality had on you? Um, I, I'm really thankful to my husband that he looks after everything so much and also to my kids because I'm just not home, honestly. It's, um, it's a massive change in the way we operate as a family because um, we go out on group dinners on like family dinners on a Sunday rather than where, where the world goes out on a, you know, Saturday brunch or in, or, or at the park on a, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon like today. Um, but um, that, that's a huge impact that um, I and my family, my family and I have had um, though we somehow make it work. And um it helps when the family is so involved in the business as well. So my my husband is also the co-owner of the business, and he he does the finances, and he's my he's my go-to person on any strategic advice. Um, he's he doesn't cook at all. He he's uh, um, cooking is not his thing, but um, everything else in the business he really is quite involved. So um, that kind of there's that understanding of, um, you know, um, what has to be done when and uh, how we manage our our lives and uh, and lives around kids and, and making sure we have enough time with them and for each other. 
you've uh, you've opened bricks and mortar, you know, just after a you know one of the toughest periods or couple of years that we've all experienced, and particularly for hospitality as well. Oh, what's it been like opening sort of after that period of time, and and what are you looking forward to? It was it was tough um, to open um, during that time because it's just the supplies are so much. I mean, everything took longer. Um, even if we wanted someone to get the plumbing done, it was hard because there were there were wait times for months. Um, and um, but I have been lucky to find people that have some that have stood with me during this time. And uh, they may have changed, but uh, there's always been some people that have stuck with me for a long time, and that has that I'm I'm very thankful to. Um, and I look, I really look forward to just um, building a um, building a, a strong enough team where I could be um, a bit hands off, and I can go back to dreaming about uh, <laughs> dishes and food, just like like how we used to. Um, even I do now, but um, I don't have as much time as I used to before. Um, may not have it. Um, you never know, but. Um, in future, I am um, really hoping that I can just bring more and more dishes and that I can spend enough time um, researching, exploring and reading about the things that I really want to read about and writing and documenting all these things so that I could um, create something where I can um, get uh, the younger um chefs or, or, or people who want to cook or want to know more about Indian cuisine um, have some sort of um, documents there that they can refer to and learn and and you know um, and cook and enjoy um, those dishes. Well, Haley, it's amazing what you are doing there in Melbourne, and it's an absolute honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. And um, please keep in touch, and we'll catch up again soon. That'd be amazing. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.